welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host, and we're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do from a law enforcement perspective, and we're broadcasting live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So uh, I'm going to introduce the crew to you guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have Captain Brett Bartlett. Yes, the staple of the show. Hey, but we have a new a newcomer, Jamie Borden. And uh, Critical Incident Review at criticalincidentreview.com in case you guys want to check him out. So he's the new addition to the show. You guys are going to like what he has to say. I guarantee it. So look, also a shout out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, Gulls, GlobalOrdinance.com, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live. And we're fueled by Bang Energy. Now, I already mentioned before that uh, Monster Energy has acquired Bang Energy. Today, I'm drinking their uh, sweet iced tea. It's their Raging Raspberry Hibiscus. Yes, they do make iced tea, and it's good stuff. And look at Brett showing off his Bang. So, uh, guys, uh, thanks to Bang for the fuel. Also, a shout-out to Brian Burns for the free press at TampaFP.com and TampaFreePress.com for carrying our content. And Ray Dietrich of Red Voice Media, RedVoiceMedia.com. Huge source for uh, for the news, and we are on eight locations that we're streaming to right now. No, YouTube is not one of those, but three of those belong to Facebook pages owned by Red Voice Media, and those three Facebook pages alone have about one million followers. So thanks to Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media for helping make that happen. Guys, we have a uh, another great lineup for you. You know, our main stories that we start off with have a tendency to be a little bit deeper. And, you know, uh, Jamie and I were talking before the show started about uh, it, it's kind of refreshing seeing articles. It's a little deep. But it's a really interesting article, especially uh, it's timely and what's going on today. On PoliceOne.com, it talks about, uh, here's a quote from the title saying, a message to new officers, be careful about the company you keep. Now, even Captain Brett Bartlett was a former internal affairs commander, and I'm sure that he'll be saying the praises of this article. Um, It's written by a guy named Daryl Burton, um, and it starts off saying that, hey, I, I want to impress upon you, or what I want to impress upon you is that it's often overlooked. And it's the importance of friendship. The people you associate yourself with will either become your downfall or your upkeep, both in the business life and in your personal life. So according to Harvard psychologist David McClellan, uh, the people you associate with um, termed your reference group, they determine 95% of your success and failure in life, 95%. Now, the decisions you make each day lay the groundwork for who you will become and the legacy that you will leave behind. Your friendships and your relationships are the heart of these decisions. Be selective about those you choose to allow inside your circle of influence, or as that movie said, what your the circle of friends, right? And and look, life is. I and I've, I've been told this by people that I, that I, I highly value. Life is all about relationships. He goes on to say that there's three questions that you need to ask. Uh, entrepreneur, author, and motivational speaker Jim Rohn uh, spoke of three questions that you should ask yourself on a regular basis, and that is, who am I around? What are they doing to me? And is that okay? So that's all I'm going to say. We'll put a link to the article uh, when it gets you get the produced version at 9 o'clock tomorrow at rumble.com and some of our other social media feeds. But uh, those are the three questions that he recommends that we ask ourselves. Uh, commentary, guys. Curious what you guys think. Brett, you want to start us off? You know, I, I kind of learned late in the game that all those truths, you know, I, I hung around some great people, but some of them were, um, their attitude wasn't very good and they kind of, their main job, you know, was to MF the police department. And, you know, unfortunately, when you're around those people, you get sucked into that. But as I got older and matured in the job, man, I started surrounding myself, especially when I was in a leadership position of, of bringing over the best people I possibly could and, and, and teaching them and giving them, giving them their way. And, uh, you know, it used to be, Chip, you remember this, well, if you wanted to see the chief of police, you walked two blocks over from the station to that bar 
Azalea Lounge and you went to talk to the chief because he was on the third row from the, the third stool from the end. And that's where you went and, and you hung around. And listen, what mainly when two cops are together, what are they talking about? Other cops and how bad it is. And it's, it's poison. It's absolute poison. So uh, I wish I had had that conversation with this author, you know, way, way back. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Um, Jamie, love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. And uh, you make some good points, Brett. And, and one of the things that um, I always noticed is that cops hate the way things are and they despise change. So when when we get into that kind of scenario, uh, we find ourselves caught between the proverbial rock and a hard spot where there's always a complaint about the way things are in existence. And there's always complaints about any attempts to change those. What could be a cultural shift? And one of the things that that stands out to me is in the article, it says, what are your friends doing to you? And that's about the only point that I would say is contentious, because as police officers making these decisions, it's what are we allowing those that surround us to do to us? What what are it's not what they're doing to us. It's what we're allowing to happen in our lives. And, uh, you know, that circle of friends that we maintain uh, in any normal life doesn't expand with time. We become less tolerant of those that are toxic and we are more easily uh, able to identify those individuals. Our circles become smaller and tighter. And those are the people that hold us up and support us in our ideals. Not that they'll let us just give our ideas without some sort of uh, beneficial um, uh, contention in there or critique. Uh, but those people that hold us up are very important to our direction in life and maintaining our pathway. So, uh, so Brett, I'm after listening to Jamie talk, I'm kind of wondering if that see the in the parentheses, it says CIR after his name under, no. you know, in the video. I'm wondering if that means that we're in his circle. Do you think that's his way of yes, telling us that we made it? Circle. And you know what? It's interesting. <laughs> he brings that up. Of the thousands of cops I've known, just the one agency, out of the thousands over my 32-year, I've known thousands of them, and you have too. I got like five guys to hang out with, maybe. And that's the norm, Brett. That's uh, yeah. If you look at any of the, uh, the studies about any of these types of topics, we really reduce ourselves to a handful and literally four or five people, even including family, that we truly trust to the extent that we are comfortable laying out our ideas and, and in law enforcement. And I've seen this with, uh, I've got a background in music and that's, that's not a point I want to uh, really talk about other than the fact that that's a very clear cut pathway as is law enforcement. Well, in those clear cut pathways, it's very easy to become associated. You know, people look at their Facebook friends list or their LinkedIn friends list. I've got thousands of people in my friends list and, and they're there for a reason. They're there because we're sharing information. Uh, but my actual true friend list, my wall has four or five people on it that I truly trust to the depth that I can tell them what I'm thinking without the fear of uh, judgment rather than a critique. And you know, what you do is as you get older, you start running them all through your bullcrap meter and the bullcrap meter starts pegging to the right. You don't talk to that person. But when we're younger, I don't care about the bullcrap meter. It was fun. Yeah, hanging around, exactly. Hanging around with personalities and, and, and these marginal people. It, and there were stories to be told. And But as you get older, you don't want any drama. You just want everything to be smooth. And how? And, and this is the one thing. You know, we talk about the adventures in our life. Adventures, they are... Uh, and, and I'm going to use this term not in a way to to make the producer mad, but adventures suck while they're happening. 
an adventure is a story after it occurs, right? So we all have our adventures to talk about and they're fun to tell the story, but during the time they weren't necessarily <laughs> fun, right? It was an adventure yeah. and, and an adventure is, is my way of saying that was a terrible experience, <laughs> right? But we survived it and now we can talk about it. It becomes a story in our cadre uh, of, of information that can help people learn. Well, Chip, knowing that definition now, do we have adventures, you and I? I think that it would still qualify, Brett, for uh, some reason, I think. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's an adventure. I, yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I'm just hearing the stories I heard pre-show, you guys had adventures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we haven't even gotten to the good stuff yet, have we, Brett? Yeah, I will keep, we're gonna, probably going to keep it that way, yeah. Uh, hey, hey, Jamie, we've got a lot of listeners on our show. We've got a live audience of the Boss Hog Radio Network on seven stations. We've got... Uh, you know, 30, uh, what, 36 uh, or 38 other stations that are picking up, plus, you know, all the other outlets that we're on, including Roku TV, Amazon Fire TV, and 20 podcasts. Can you tell our, our users a little bit about you and your background? I know that we're getting ready to talk about some use of force incidents. I just want to make sure that they know how credible you are before, uh, before we talk about those. Sure. And, uh, and I always hate making it about me, but I, just so they do have kind of a finger on the pulse of what's happening here. I'm a use of force expert, and my focus is in human factors and police performance as that relates to police training, pro police policy, and mo most importantly, decision making that's derived from those things. How do officers make decisions? And uh, so my company, CIR, provides training and lecturing across the country uh, regarding enhancing force investigations and looking at the forensic side of video review and examination, uh, a leadership perspective to use of force so that uh, leaders can come in and, and really learn the language that's being spoken during these investigations where they're being uh, relayed through science, if you will. I've got a background in human factors, human performance through the Force Science Institute. I worked many years with Dr. Lewinsky before I uh, split off on my own. Me and Dr. Lewinsky and his whole team and staff are still very close. Um, it's great, great training. I just went off on a direction to really focus on the investigative aspect. So that's that's where I come from. I retired from the Henderson Police Department out here in Nevada in 2018. And I, uh, I, I want to call it repositioning as we spoke about earlier. The work has only just begun. Uh, I love it. I love it. And I, you're just going to be a great asset to the show, I can tell already. So uh, hopefully our, our uh, viewers and our listeners can appreciate that. And uh, without any further delay, let's get on to... Uh, one of our updates. Brett, did you have something else you wanted to add on the last topic? Or? Yeah, real quickly. I went to Jamie's website. What a cool website. And I'm telling you this, any agency that has IA investigators that don't go through training like this are screwing themselves. Uh, back when I was TPD running internal affairs, we went to it and I tried to, of course, I'm not there now, but I told the chief, I said, our investigators need to go to this stuff because we're, if we go out there without this training, we are unarmed. Yeah, very true. Well, thanks. Thanks, gentlemen. And, uh, I, you know, we'll, we'll cut you an extra check at the end of the day, at the end of the broadcast, Brett. But, uh, hey, at lawofficer.com and police one. Uh, and, and, and Jimmy starts the music. But I'm just going to whet your appetite then. We've got about three stories grouped together about cops 
uh, suspended, fired, indicted, acquitted, and sued. Unfortunately, yes, there are stories that cover those aspects. So we're going to get into three stories about that in just one second. But it's time for our first commercial break. We will be right back. But, you know, Motion DSP, they've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years for the robust speed of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. The Motion DSP software is easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters to achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It's designed to work with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, and it saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame redaction. And forensic enhancement software, that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using Pathage Super Resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from just low-quality video in minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products and all these capabilities by going to motiondsp.com. MotionDSP.com. You'll be glad that you did. All right, guys, and welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live through the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So we left off, um, starting off talking about cops being suspended, fired, indicted, acquitted, and sued. And our first story, it's lynched. Uh, Dems call for a trooper in the cop shooting to be charged. Activists publish an address. Ah, so that's there's a little bit of a... Uh, meat on uh, on the stick here. Minnesota Democrats have accused the state trooper who killed Ricky Cobb the second unjustifiably lynching and executing him because of the color of his skin. Now we covered the shooting last week. Uh, it's involving a uh, you know an occupied vehicle. Cobb was shot to death during a traffic stop early on Monday in Minneapolis by a state trooper named Ryan. Uh, uh, I guess a uh, long long again. Uh, the squad camera video of the shooting it clearly shows Cobb's car moving before the trooper. Uh, reaches for and discharges his gun. I believe it was the trooper uh, or trooper on the passenger side that fired the shot. Despite this, Representative Leigh Fink um, with the, in St. Paul uh, insisted that Cobb was shot twice before hitting the gas, even though the video shows something different. The video is the video, according to Fink. Uh, reality is real. He stopped. He was talking to the police and was shot for it. And that's what the representative said. Of course, facts obviously don't seem to matter in her, in her vocabulary. Senator uh, Mohammed. And with the in Minneapolis also agreed, he said he knew his rights, stayed calm, kept his hands on the steering wheel, but he was still unjustifiably killed. And then Representative uh, Maria uh, Perez Vega claimed that Cobb was lynched and executed, calling for the troopers who executed him to be fired and charged. Minneapolis City Council member Jason Chavez suggested that Cobb's skin color was seen as a weapon. And he said, hey, you don't need to watch the horrific body cam footage. You don't need to watch it, huh? Uh, released yesterday, showing another black man killed by cops to know that we've done far too little to stem the tide of racist violence that is policing in America. And that's what Councilmember Robin Wonsley said. Now, left-wing agitator uh, Cortez Rice um, posted that trooper, the trooper, uh, his home, his alleged home address, the Facebook, and then shared it to over five, over 500 times. Rice was charged with felony harassment back in December 2021 for his role in a protest. Uh, and that's when he... Uh, I guess uh, he protested outside the home of a judge, Hennepin County Judge Regina Chu, on the Officer Kim Potter uh, charges. But even though those charges were later dropped, it's a misdemeanor under current state law to publish the home address of a law enforcement official um, if it poses imminent serious threat to the officer's safety or his family or household members. So that's what we have. Um, any commentary on those before we uh, move on to the next two? And if not, we'll, we'll stay right on board here. So, uh, Jamie, did you want to throw something in? Well, and and I, 
I'm concerned about, you know, the narrative and the controlling of the narrative. This is extremely politically charged. And you can tell just simply by the headline, the Dems are asking for this job. What are the Republicans asking for? And, and this is what my issue is with this, is that I'm not in this for the political parties. I don't care one way or the other about what political party thinks what, but we're hearing statements in this in these headlines. And, and I, I need to put a disclaimer in there that I am an expert in forensic video review and examination with a background in video analysis. And I can tell you that what the video shows is evidence in this case. Anybody who says they don't need to see what the video shows or anybody that says that they interpret the video as, as showing X, Y, and Z, those are not facts, those are opinions. Facts are, are part of the case. And this narrative that we're hearing so soon after this event, and, and listen, it's a tragedy when anybody loses their life in any circumstances. It's a tragedy. And it requires a full investigative process. And to sit here and opine one way or the other on, on what the officer's intentions were or why they did what they did, we know what happened by looking at the video in very general circumstances, very general terms. And anybody who opines at that point has got an agenda. There's just no two ways around it. We've got to put the time and the effort in frame by frame analysis, not to fall victim to the slow motion phenomenon and, and, and looking at things one frame at a time where, where it appears that the officer has uh, a, an infinite amount of time to make these decisions. This is reality. This is a, a digital representation of the officer's reality where the traffic is passing at 60 miles an hour, the smell of the exhaust, the feel of a 6,000 pound vehicle moving under their, uh, uh, under their bodies. An individual who is stated to know their rights and simply be uh, disagreeing, this, this individual drove off with an officer who was trying to disable and stop them from doing what they were doing. And remember, this is an extremely low frequency, high risk event. Although we see it in the video and in the social media uh, channels, often those officers are experiencing a very low frequency environment where they are dealing with a subject who is uh, non-compliant, um, resistant to some level. So there's a lot going on in this video, too much to give an opinion about it right now. What gets me is that narrative that's being controlled by individuals who are obviously, and, and I use that term uh, cautiously, very visibly charged with, agen with an agenda from the Democratic side of the party. The Dems want. that. That's what caught my attention right off the bat. You know, uh, Brett, we've... Uh... We've done some Delhi Force Near Train videos, and, and I've, I've, they're not on our site right now because of the little thing we've got going on with YouTube. I've got to get those uh, posted somewhere else after I recover them. But uh, we, on a much lower scale than what uh, Jamie Borden's been doing, Critical Incident Review, you know, that's what he does. And so we're, we're below him. But even, even we were able to figure out that 99.9% .9 of all bad police interactions result or, or start off with noncompliance, which, which Jamie just hinted hinted at and then of course you know it's hard to see from even from a video even when you do review the video you still don't get you don't get access to all the aspects of what was going on especially in the officer's head it, it, no, exactly i was i was just going to state that and brett i stomped on you go ahead <laughs> um you know with people who have an agenda it doesn't matter what the truth is the truth is irrelevant and whoever gets to the microphone first 
typically wins the argument. I mean, it, it, and if the chief came to the microphone right now, he couldn't really make a case. He's going to have to say, we need to take time. But in a month when it's all cleared, nobody is going to remember that. Thank you. Well, look, it's time to take our second commercial break. Hopefully, Captain Bartlett will help me out with this one. We will uh, be right back. All right, guys, it's time to talk about Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo. And certainly by now, you guys know about Gauls, the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. They have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flash, uh, flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as Captain Brett Bartlett always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So, uh, Captain, what is going on at Gauls this week? Well, I'm going to add this. If, if they don't have it, you probably don't need it. They have, uh, they're, they're pushing their, their thin blue line collection. It's, it's articles with the thin blue line on the logo. Uh, they have a new canine section specifically related to equipment for the canine, uh, field. Uh, they still have the, if you sign up today for your, for emails, you'll get 15% off your entire order today. Wow. That sounds too simple to be true, but yep, galls.com slash Leo guys. If you haven't been there lately, you need to do it today and you'll save a lot of money as well. Galls.com slash Leo. Hey, so look, it's time to talk about our newest sponsor. And yes, it is Global Ordnance. So get ready for a coupon code from Global Ordnance. It's your ultimate destination for ammunition. Globalordnance.com provides high quality ammunition for all of your shooting needs, ensuring precision, reliability, and unmatched performance. So for a limited time, they're offering free shipping on all ammo orders over $200 with their exclusive coupon code, which just happens to be Leo Roundtable. Visit globalordnance.com today. Explore their wide selection of ammo. Use coupon code Leo Roundtable for free shipping on your order. Globalordnance.com. All right, guys, and welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live through the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Um, if there's nothing left on the last topic, guys, we will jump on to the NYPD one then. So we have an ex-NYPD union boss getting two years in prison for $600,000 theft from the union. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. We have not covered it before, but Ed Mullins, a lot of people recognize that name, sentenced in Manhattan federal court by Judge John uh, Cotel, uh, said that he was balancing the four decades of police work and numerous charitable deeds that Mullins had carried out uh, against the crime that he engaged in from 2017 through 2021. Mullins was also ordered to forfeit uh, 600K and pay the same amount in restitution. So Mullins, 61 years old of Port Washington, admitted to the theft in January, pled guilty to the wire fraud charges, and on Thursday, he said that he had lost himself in carrying out the crime. And his deal with the prosecutors called for a sentence of up to three and a half years in prison, which is what the prosecutors requested. I, I was impressed by reading this that, look, I think Mullins is a bad guy, uh, but I'm, I'm impressed that the judge weighed out the four decades of police work that he did. Uh, and he put he weighed that into the balance on what to determine what to do with this guy, because it was only... Uh, for from 2017 to 2021 for four years that he engaged in the criminal activity. I don't think that his whole career should be damaged by what he did after, you know, four years out of the 40. So um, I like reading that part. If there's no commentary on that, uh, we can move on to our next one then. So let's see, moving along here. And this is the uh, six X. Uh, we've got six X officers that pled guilty to assault on two men uh, during a raid. So let's see where we're going with this one. So we're going to be in Jackson, Mississippi. So six former Mississippi police officers, including some calling themselves the Goon Squad, pled guilty on Thursday to assault on two men that ended with an officer shooting one man in the mouth. Now, look, we never want to be accused of, yeah, I know, producer Jimmy's saying, wow. You know, so we never want to be accused of, of look, we're only going to cover the stuff that's favorable to law enforcement. You know, this is an uncomfortable article for me to cover and the, and the other people on the show, I guarantee it. You know, it's, uh, you know, we, we don't want to, we hate covering things that make the profession look bad, but at the same, same, 
token, you know, it, it makes us look bad. And uh, you'll find out that good cops have no place or no room for bad cops. So these officers, they entered the house without a warrant. January the 24th, assaulted the men with a sex toy, used stun guns and other objects to abuse them over roughly a 90-minute period. And that's what the court documents are saying. Uh, after one victim was shot and wounded in a mock execution that went already, the documents say the officers conspired to plan and tamper with evidence uh, instead of providing medical aid. The Justice Department got involved in this, and they launched a civil rights probe in February. The Mississippi Attorney General's Office announced on Thursday it filed state charges against the six former officers, including assault, conspiracy, and obstruction of justice. Five former Rankin County Sheriff's Department employees pled guilty. And also we have uh, one former officer with Richland Police Department who was off duty when the uh, when he participated in the raid, and he also pled guilty. So let me just leave you guys with this, that for those who don't think the system works by and large, maybe not always, but for the most part, my argument is always that the system in place works. We identified bad cops. We took severe action against them, and uh, and we're covering it on the show. Um, Jamie, you want to start us off with this, then the captain? Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> and you nailed it. There's nobody that wants bad cops off the street worse than good cops, and I've I've seen that in my years, decades as a police officer. Uh, the the commonality between us is a strong moral compass. We've taken this job. We've sworn an oath. Uh, those are the people that I represent. Now, I want to be very careful because what I do as an expert is I don't. I do not. I repeat, I do not protect law enforcement officers. I protect law enforcement. If that means uh, taking a case against an officer that has done something egregious, uh, negligent to a criminal level, uh, uh, intentionally criminal, that person's got to go. I've had, I've had cases against police officers in the past. I don't take them for or against an officer. I take the case. I educate the jury. I educate the attorneys. And we have to protect law enforcement. This case is struck a nerve with me. It made me sick to my stomach to think that we now have to battle as good law enforcement officers. The good law enforcement officers out there are going to have to battle this stigma from today forward, just with as with every other uh, good and bad decision that officers make. The problem is, is the good decisions that happen millions of times a day don't get the attention. These officers get the attention, and that is what is now the, the lens that law enforcement is viewed through. So our, our dedication, and I know that, that this is a mantra that most of us understand, we're here to protect those that are investing in themselves, that are getting the training that's necessary, and that are applying that training in such a way that their decisions are made in good faith, and those people deserve the representation. Outside of that, I can't help you. Beautiful. All right, former Internal Affairs Commander Brett Bartlett. You know, Chip, back in the day, maybe I punched a guy one punch, maybe passed what he deserved, or I called somebody an a-hole because he probably was, and I paid the price for it. But to pass this many, to cross this many ethical boundaries is, is just astounding, and I don't know how they got there. I, I, if, I, if, that was com if they were coming in front of me before I had them raise their right hand, I'd go, guys, what in God's name were you thinking. And when I'm done with it, I would punch him each in the face because that's the only <laughs> satisfaction you get. Well, uh, and, I, and uh, Captain, one other thing, isn't shooting somebody in the mouth an attempted murder? Uh, I'm going to say, yes, I, I've read some of that. I've read <laughs> up on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't I, uh, get it. Just when, you, just when you think we're making some progress, right? We're doing the right thing. 
I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. And I'm asking this, Jamie, uh, fellas, where was your sergeant? Where was your lieutenant? Where was your cat? We need to we need to talk to them real briefly, too, about this. What a horrible failure of leadership. Now, back in the day, I used to go to Jackson uh, once a year to shoot the National Police Shooting Championship. Met a lot of good cops there, a lot of good supervisors. What happened? What happened out there that let these guys think that this was okay? Well, and I'll tell you what, they surrounded themselves with people that weren't ideal friends. <laughs> so it's it's decisions being made in a vacuum and it's 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 allowing themselves to think that uh, certain behavior is okay. And and to me there's there's no moral compass and when somebody says they get lost as as we talk about the union boss, um, the reason the union boss admitted to the guilt uh, is because he was caught. And so it's questionable to me. Uh, I don't know how much of his good work in the past was good work. I can't make that determination. But what I do know is that had he not been caught, he'd still be spending other people's money. And he, he didn't of his own volition come forward and say, look, I've been doing a bad thing. That's, that's the difference. When you get caught and then you admit yeah. to it, that's and, problematic and, to me. And, and the goon squad in this particular case, this wasn't the first time they decided to go in and and, and violate somebody physically and, and civil rights that it started, it started with a little thing and nothing bad happened. Started yeah. with another bigger thing and nothing bad happened. And now we're reading this story. Where was it's the sergeant? Yeah. Where was there? Where? Well, thanks. Thanks guys. Now I've got uh, actually producer uh, Dave and producer Jimmy with us today. Now producer Dave is going to read a headline on a, uh, on a news article that's coming up from Minneapolis. So uh, just, and we'll cover more about this tomorrow, but, what, what do we have? Uh, what do we have, Dave? It says ex-Minnesota police officer received nearly five years state charges for the role in killing George Floyd. Right. So I think that is the tail end of all the stuff that's uh, that's out for the Minneapolis thing with Derek Chauvin and uh, George Floyd. I think that would be the final uh, sentencing for that. So we'll cover more of that tomorrow. But that's a headline that just came down. Um, is there anything else, gentlemen, before we move to the uh, story with the video component or? Jamie, did you have something? Uh, no, I don't. I, I, All right, guys. I'm done. All right. Well, look, uh, hey, hold on to your pants because uh, we've got uh, some stories coming up with the video component. I know, Brett. Well, Brett, I forgot. You stood up a minute ago. You're not wearing any pants, so I forgot. Yeah, I, I spoke too soon. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, Jamie, we're kind of we're kind of like looser out here. So, uh, but, uh, but moving along here, we've got our first of two stories in a row that have a video component. And look for our radio and podcast listeners that just have the audio. We're describing great detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. So on Rumble.com, our, our favorite uh, law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter, and actually This Is Butter is actually on the live stream conversing with us right now. We have a body cam that shows Arizona DPS, Department of Public Safety, shooting through his windshield during a shootout with an armed suspect.
being shot in the back. We have two dynamic videos going on. So the first one, this Arizona uh, Department of Public Safety released a dramatic video on Friday of a shootout between a man armed with an automatic gun and a detective nearly two weeks after the shooter was found guilty in the 2022 incident. Now, look, on the video, look, everybody always says automatic gunfire. And I hear it. I see it. I'm thinking, you know, it, it, it's not even it's not even close. But let me tell you, I heard this and uh, and I was like, crap, that sounds like freaking automatic gunfire and, and, and it was i mean brett brett you'll be the expert on, on on that but the shooting involved juan manuel rodriguez and he was found guilty on july the 19th on 11 charges including attempted first degree murder and aggravated assault on the law enforcement officer so on april the 1st of 2022 so just over a year ago detective shed tries to pull over our bad guy rodriguez in kingman after he didn't stop at a stop sign he kept driving so detective shed chases him during the pursuit rodriguez our bad guy tries to ram the, de the uh, detective's car, Rodriguez later loses control of his car, and the two ended up colliding. Now, contact uh, with him. Detective uh, Shed tells the dispatcher, send me other units. He gets out of his car, pulls out his handgun, and aims at Rodriguez, our bad guy, and put your expletive hands up. He yells, and put your hands up. Guys, he's about to get really, really good, but I got a commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning, and they've made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offer a step-by-step -step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our panelist, Catherine Brett Bartlett here. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've held everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. You can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and all the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at absolutely no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com if you haven't been there before you should do it today gunlearn.com all right guys and welcome back to the leo roundtable law enforcement talk show yes we're still live to the boss talk radio studios in plant city florida you know we left off where we've got a a cop a detective shed you know he's dealing with this bad guy and he got into a, a vehicle pursuit with him but now the bad guy is putting his car in reverse and he starts shooting at the detective with an automatic weapon the gunshots are heard in the body cam video, and I can affirm that. Detective Shedd is in his car. When he returns fire, he unloads the magazine with bullets going through his windshield. He yells, shots fired as he drives off, and Detective, as our bad guy drives off, and Detective Shedd gives pursuit again. Detective reloads his gun while he's trying to drive the car. That was uh, that was interesting. And, uh, and then he ends up getting hit with gunfire, and he yells to the radio, hey, I'm hit. Uh, and he said he's shot in the back. Body cam video, then it, it, then it ends. Uh, DPS said that two, uh, the two separated. The detective shed is going to be, I guess he was going to a safe area to get medical attention. And so the Mojave County Sheriff's deputy uh, took him to a hospital. He was treated and released. Detective shed has since returned to the job. And then our bad guy, Rodriguez, he was also hit during the gun battle. He drives to a desert area. His car breaks down. He gets at, he puts a, it said he puts a bag in a wash, but the video released on Friday uh, includes aerial video from a helicopter showing our bad guy walking uh, toward a nearby community college campus. He collapses, and the aerial video shows him on his back with his arms and legs spread. When law enforcement moves in, they take him into custody. He goes to jail, and, uh, and then the, he goes to the hospital, and then the jail. But he had $34,000 in cash, 11 grams of fentanyl, 10 grams of methamphetamine that he discarded in the bag. They also found more guns, cash, drug ledgers, all linked to him. 
just a, a wild video with a wild ending. Um, Captain Brett. It, it was probably a racial thing, but we'll, we'll move past that for the moment. So, you know, bad guys uh, with automatic weapons typically don't have real machine guns. They don't, I'm not saying that, um, they don't have your your idea of, of a real machine gun. I bet you, I bet a hundred bucks, I've heard Trigger. before, that was a Glock with that with that little crappy switch is coming from China. They can stick on the back of the gun, it turns into a machine gun. And, you know, having a machine gun shot at you is bad enough, but they were face to face. I can't imagine. I would just hope that that bad guy, his his behavior would be repelled by the smell of fresh urine because that's what's <laughs> about to happen right at that particular moment. Wow. And, and you know what? I, and and I, I look at the outcome uh, of this and I have to look at it through almost a satirical lens. And this is what the complaint is going to be, is that the officer uh, shouldn't have attempted to stop him for a taillight out or for running a stop sign or it wouldn't have happened. Um, then the next thing is, is that the plaintiff's attorney is going to require the policy be discovered that says that officers shall not shoot at or from a moving vehicle. Um, and, and all of these uh, complaints that, that come up, the officer should have tried to deescalate. And, and it, those sound like ridiculous complaints, but when we have an officer that's making decisions under the compression of time, the constraints of time like this, where their lives are in danger, he doesn't see a windshield. He's not thinking about driving. He's thinking about stopping a threat. And, and this has a magnificent effect on the officer's ability to give accounts in these, in these types of scenarios. Um, but I, I, you know, I look at the good work of a brave officer that stayed engaged after being shot in the back, after being faced with uh, fully automatic gunfire, um, and and all of the components of this critical incident that we're looking at, I, I, all I can say is my hats off to the officers that stay engaged. They aren't thinking about policy. They're not thinking about uh, the hindsight attributes that most individuals are going to be holding against these officers in hindsight to to judge their careers, to judge their split second decisions. And nobody seems to understand in in, in this environment the very foundation of the calculus for objective reasonableness in Graham versus Connor. And, and that is what the officers are trained by. That's what the policies are written by. That's what their actions are judged by in hindsight. And, and yet these complaints come up. I, all I can say is that uh, my hat's off to that officer. That's right. That that's literally my neighbor to the East and uh, uh, good job. Well done. I'm glad the officer's in good shape. Yeah, definitely. He had the every intention to go home alive at the end of the day. So, um, you know, we've got another great story also on our favorite channel. This is butter at rumble.com. So we have Stockton police released body cam, uh, body cam footage of a sergeant being shot while responding to a carjacking. Uh, another another surprise, uh, you know, video. This thing goes down fast. Stockton's police chief on Thursday released a harrowing body-worn camera footage that captured the moment a sergeant was shot while responding to a carjacking that happened early on Wednesday morning. The video shows the sergeant reporting shots fired 
as the sound of multiple rounds of gunfire can be heard in the video. He says, hey, I'm shot. I'm taking rounds. And he said, hey, still shooting to the Stockton police chief who Stanley McFadden said the sergeant who's a nine year veteran of the department um, said uh, and, and they did not identify the identity of the sergeant said that he was shot multiple times and was also shot square in the chest. But that is ballistics best saved his life. Stockton police have said that the shooting uh, followed a call to police by 69 year old carjacking victim. Uh, Chief McFadden said on Thursday the carjacking victim was beaten with a firearm. Stockton police um, said that they arrested a 20-year-old in connection with the carjacking and the shooting. And it goes on to say that our uh, uh, um, Benny Sabon, the Stockton, was booked into the jail on charges related to the carjacking, attempted murder, assault with a deadly weapon, fleeing from a, a peace officer, and possession of a stolen vehicle. So yeah, this guy was a bona fide bad guy. Uh, so Savon, our bad guy, was uh, not the only suspect in the vehicle at the time, but police are not sure how many shooters there were. But evidence at the scene showed that a pistol and a rifle were both involved in the shooting of our cop. Wow. Another uh, another uh, harrowing video, guys. Um, commentary. We got about three, a little over three minutes. Yeah. And, and again, Chip, it's it's. Um... These are, are are extremely low frequency, although we're seeing them happen more and more and more. The uh, the subject matter of officers involved in critical incidents where vehicles are involved, and I just want to be kind of general about this. Um, officers who are involved in critical incidents where there is a vehicle are making decisions uh, outside of what's normally available to them in training. And uh, on, on your shows uh, on Thursday and Friday, I think both of them had moving vehicles involved where an officer was making decisions. Um, we have to remember that the majority of our business is conducted around moving vehicles, around vehicles of some sort. The, the majority of our contacts as police officers on the street are, are involving some sort of moving vehicle, yet that is where we receive the very least training as police officers because human resources is not going to have any part of us involving a moving vehicle or a vehicle that's in motion in any way to test an officer's ability to make decisions based on their goals and their aspirational tactics that are in play at the time of the contact. Unfortunately, the public does not read and adhere to our policies across this country. The public doesn't care. And, and these are the now the components that police officers are up against when they're involved in an instance where a vehicle is moving or begins to move after their engagement. And there's things that are occurring over uh, spans of time that are literally considered split seconds. And those things are oftentimes overlooked because of the way the video presents. And I, I really, if I could make one blanket statement about it, be aware of what you're looking at and understand that it is a digital representation of what those officers are going through and judgment should be withheld until we have all of the data in that case. Excellent. Could not agree with you more. Um, you know, I know we've got, we just don't want time to get to another video from Texas where a motor cop um, actually pulls over a guy, gets in a foot chase with him, and, uh, and then a good Samaritan helps the motor cop out and uh, we've got a uh, uh, bad guy grabbing a holstered firearm and firing it. Uh, we'll, we'll cover that probably tomorrow. Uh, but I do have a, a one comment up that we barely have time to cover. Um, yeah, Brett, thanks. Um, I'm just going to mention it. At lawofficer.com, professor fired for faking data that showed systemic racism. So Professor Eric Stewart, um, yeah, this guy was with Florida State University. He's gone. He, he's done just so much damage by, uh, by, all, by falsifying all this data. Um, 
anyhow, it's uh, there's things uh, fired for incompetence and fake results and all kinds of stuff. So um, I'll let you guys talk about that for the last 20 seconds. But any uh, any commentary, Brett? Yeah, he claimed he was lynched. That, that was a lynching. So oh my God, even when he you're did. even when you're lying, even when you're lying, we catch a line. It's just it's not about the lying. It's you know, just just you know, chief, just give me a, a coupon where I can just punch one person a week, just just one, chief, and I'll feel better. And you can come along and you know, kind of click my card. All right, that's it. Now, if it's Wednesday, I can punch two people. But you know, some of these people, they just need to go away. They just need to to move away oh. and not, not be heard from ever again. All right. Well, uh, well, thanks, Captain. Uh, yeah, we're out of time, gentlemen. Uh, Jamie, um, any any last words? We've got a, a, a few seconds here. Yeah, just uh, everybody needs to remember that statistics are one of the most malleable uh, factual formats that exist. Statistics are interpretive uh, and they can be very dangerous for us. So, yeah, I'll leave you with that. All right. Well, thank you. Jamie with Critical Incident Review at criticalincidentreview.com. Guys, you need to check out his website. And of course, Brett, I didn't even get with Exemplar Defense Solutions at exemplardefense.com. So I apologize, Brett, but that's how you can get more information about these guys. And also don't forget Randy Sutton's 501c3, the Wounded Blue, the woundedblue.org. Hey, a shout out to Motion DSP, gallsglobalordinance.com, gunlearn.com, mymedicare.live, Bang Energy. Thanks for the fuel. Brian Burns, the Tampa uh, FP.com, and Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media. Thanks for the support, guys. Have a great week. 